You are listening to the School of the Future podcast by GIIS. I'm Graham Brown, your host. In this series, we feature the GIIS community of teachers, parents, students, and thought leaders from across the region to discuss the forces, opportunities, and challenges that are shaping learning in the 21st century. All right, hello and welcome back to another episode of the School of the Future podcast. This is your host, Om. And today we have with us some of our most inspiring students with their stories of bringing about change. Truly young leaders in the making. To begin with, we have Jui Gupte. Jui saw the need for a platform that recognizes true artists and so was born the GIIS exhibition. Jui and her team also organized the Pop Art Carnival along with their digital contest during the pandemic. Welcome, Jui. Hi, Om. Thank you for having me here. So, Jui, what can you tell me about what you're doing right now? Currently, we uh, just uh, organized a digital art competition, as you know, which was uh, uh, dedicated for the primary and the lower secondary. It was based on cartoonic expressions. And it was um, to spark an artistic interest in the tech-savvy Generation Z. We got amazing responses because they were obviously very user-friendly with the digital uh, softwares and app makings. And their expressions were uh, fantastic. And they had a very witty way of portraying the pandemic, uh, showing how uh, life is affected by the pandemic, the circuit breaker, especially in their summer holidays uh, when they were trapped inside the circuit breaker. They used this time to show their feelings and portray their life in this pandemic. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, younger students are definitely a quite creative lot. So what, what inspired you to, you know, start these events? For the team, uh, we really saw the need for a big platform so that everyone participates and everyone gets encouraged to do something unique to bring their own creativity in the original old form of art, be it fine arts, be it animation. So we created both platforms this year. And for me personally, we had participated through GIS in an art competition, which exposed us to different range of art forms and artists. And there I saw the need that even GIS should have something like this inside. So this was, you know, something that was happening for the very first time in GIS. So what were some of the, you know, the challenges that you faced or the hurdles that you had to overcome? And not exactly the very first time. We have uh, many competitions running in the school. But the exhibition per se, as we are called the exhibition, we had a problem with the people getting through the idea of uh, participating, how to to, to where to go and even the advertisement people were not aware of the exhibition so to get the audience response was the main problem so you know what is the best part about uh, you know uh, starting these events or starting the exhibition the best part i think was to learn from the small kids they had a very nice way of portraying they uh, even if they are forms were not that great. They used their innocent expressions to describe any feelings, emotions, you know, even in the slightest, smallest details were like taken care of. 
even in the fine arts competition which was organized before we had very beautiful and done art forms which were based on peace first theme was the peace the second one was oh. on the coronavirus we had it on a global issue so they they were learning as well as creating so you know what's in what's in store for the future any other events that you and your team are currently planning not really as we will graduate soon we have passed this responsibility to the uh, 11 graders of this year and they already selected i think they are having the capability and the creativity to do such events in the future for me i will obviously keep this as a passion in the future so um you know obviously we're going to have a lot of students a lot of artists who are going to be listening to this podcast so what is going to be your uh, your advice to them yeah the main advice we want to give to the artists the creative minds the amateurs that any kind of passion dream is very important even if you're not pursuing uh, per se as a hobby it is a very important for uh, humans to have a creative outlet even uh, as we have the academic pressure or a uh, not pressure good to balance really, stuff but it is a good balance uh, and usually mm. such creativity gets masked under the academic dreams even that academic dreams are obviously necessary but the creative outlet is needed in just as necessary yeah it's yes. just as necessary for holistic learning Wow wow Th- thank thanks a lot ji you're a uh, truly an inspiration to all the you know artists and creative minds out there thank thank you very much thank you Hello everyone I'm your host Lakshata Kamath and today as you know we have with us a few exceptional leaders who have contributed to our school and community in great innovative ways we have today Nivedita Bharti Nivedita Bharti with her team was the proud pioneer of the National Law Summit hosted in GIIS. This initiative was the first of its kind in Singapore and third in Asia. With such a great idea and execution, it didn't take them long to get other schools not only participating but also starting their own. Welcome Nivedita. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. So tell us about how you came up with such a fresh idea and what was your motivation or inspiration behind the scenes? So it was not just me but a group of students around 8 students when we were in 10th grade we pursued a model united nations as an extracurricular activity and we had been constantly understanding and exercising the cross country diplomatic approach so we wanted a fresh breath of air something unique and something interesting and motivating and we stumbled upon this idea which was initiated in asia and it was the first of kind in singapore and we wanted to argue the inspiration was that we wanted to take a situation and look at it from several perspectives and the motivation was the fact that it was very unique something like this had not been done before and it was truly fascinating how one particular situation or a case could be looked at in several perspectives to to so what how what were the work that went in behind the whole idea initiation of the idea the work was plenty because not only did we have to write a proposal but we had to make sure it was as captivating for the students who were participating 
as it was for us. So we needed, it went all in the planning. So from financing the entire event to designing it and preparing study guides, which are research papers, everything had to be done by us. So with the help of teachers and our school, we made sure all the work uh, for an event like this, for a conference like this, was done. So what were the different challenges that you had come across and how did you get through them? Because it could be quite a lot with study guides and everything happening in 10th grade especially. So that was definitely a, a huge obstacle because as a student of here, we constantly juggle academics and social life and extracurricular activities, so on and so forth. And the, so the motivation to start such an initiative with no incentive at that particular time was quite taxing and it took a toll on us. But we constantly tried learning from our mistakes throughout the months, throughout a span of a very short period of time. And we understood that we needed to stay on track and like take up uh, what we believe in to the, till the end. So I think the second thing which I would consider a challenge was getting our voice heard in an effective manner and branching out for the first time. Since it was a pilot project, this was the first time it was being done in Singapore. And um, in 10th grade, we should have been focusing a lot more on academics. So to take up such an initiative was just, it, it had to be done like very well. And we needed to make sure that we invested the uh, enough time into the initiative. I think that was the biggest obstacle. True. So there was like no internal conflicts, external conflicts that you had to deal with? Well, communication-wise, there were in uh, here and there, there were always conflicts on just how to improve the event because we were always striving to make it perfect. And I think that's when you know, the communication uh, would get disrupted or disordered and we would have minor conflicts. But other than that, I think we were just very passionate about what we wanted to do. So it went quite smoothly. That's so nice. So how was the initial response to this initiative? Like what did people had first to say when they heard you were hosting such a thing? Well, people were surprised because it is quite odd for um, a bunch of 10th graders to take up an initiative, especially when boards are around the corner. But what was the positive uh, side of this was that a lot of people had been attending a lot of conferences in Model United Nations, and they really wanted to see something unique and new which is where we came into the picture and we wanted to give them something different. And we wanted to experience something different as well. And I think that was the initial response. It had both pros and cons to it. People are always looking for new stuff and you were giving it to them. So I think that's a good thing. And so what was the most exciting part about organizing a first-of-its-kind event? Well, I was involved in the academics part in, of the event itself. So we were really trying to make sure that the cases of the situation or the simulations that the students were taking part in were very, very exciting and interesting for the students to follow through because it can get taxing throughout the conference to debate and argue about one particular thing. So for me, it was very, very exciting to uh, make sure that the design of the whole and the structure of the whole debate was constructed in such a way that it made sure that students would have an enlightening experience throughout the course of their conference. Yeah, I mean, I did attend and John Doe's witness case was amazing. 
Uh, what you. do you think the future would hold for you and the idea as a whole now? Well, after we conducted the event, there was an overwhelming response, just not because of the participation. Yes, since it was a pilot project, we expected less, but we were overwhelmed with the participation. But it was not only that, but we were quite fascinated by the fact that other schools began to take this initiative up and our school continued to take this initiative up and the students after our batch continued the event and i think the future for this event would that uh, would be that you know throughout singapore a lot of schools take this initiative up and a lot of uh, students are inspired by this event true that's that's nice to hear and any advice you would give to the students who are listening to this episode right now well speaking from the fact that we hosted this conference 2 years ago i would just like to say that if there was any student who believed in something a cause or wanted to you know take up an initiative which they believed in i want them to know that you have the resources now and you you may not have the time but you have the passion and the resources to carry this forward and i hope they take it up alone or with the help of their friends and inspire and teach others and yeah thank you so much for sharing such inspiring thoughts with us navita that was truly very inspiring and innovative just shows how much of a difference one idea can get in our school itself thank you for that thank you for so much for this opportunity Next up we have Jaydev who started the Hunger Warriors an initiative with the mission of tackling global hunger his initiatives have been commended by the prestigious global social leaders and he and his teams have impacted more than 6000 people around the world welcome to the show Jaydev hi there it's truly a privilege to be here no it's our privilege definitely so Jaydev what can you tell us about your whole Hunger Warriors initiative so basically About a year ago maybe I along with my team pledged to reduce hunger as we as it was one of the SDGs decided by the United Nations as you have stated before uh, we have managed to provide food security to about 6000 people worldwide and have also raised roughly 10000 sing dollars through various methods such as food drives donations awareness campaigns and types with multiple charities in India as well as Singapore with the ongoing pandemic we believe all of us commonly believe that we all should come together in such testing times and support one another in such times of need for instance the foreign migrant workers have to forfeit food and other daily needs as well such as shelter and work extremely hard to provide for their families so our uh, vision and mission was actually by thinking globally and acting locally we believe that imminent change would be possible Wow, wow. Okay. So, you know what was that sort of inspiration or motivation that, you know, that in, that what 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 inspired you to start this whole initiative? So, actually about one and a half year ago, I came across this fact that around 821 million people go to bed on an empty stomach every night. And one in seven children doesn't have access to food, which is a must at such a tender age. So, The, these facts actually started to haunt me i mean you know th- this is not something that you would uh, take lightly yeah the world you would want to be facing and 
since I started, I realized it's time I try to make a difference, however small it may be. And I realized that there were a group of like-minded people, some of my friends in my grade, and uh, we decided to be the difference we wanted to see. So especially during the COVID-19 pandemic, which had just roughly started then, we realized that one day we wanted to have a world, whether there be corona or not, where no person, irrespective of man-made barriers, such as race, language, cl- uh, class, or creed, had to go hungry. So that was probably what inspired me. Wow, wow. So, uh, you know, being a student and starting such an initiative, what, what were the, you know, the challenges you faced and how did you overcome them? Uh, well, as we started off, we had many ideas, innovative ones indeed, I'd say. But after some brainstorming, it became apparent that it would actually be hard to put these ideas into play as we were school-going children. So we were in quite a dilemma as to how we would approach such a sensitive issue. Another was how we would obtain funds to start off as funding would be key for, for making a difference, actually. And so we were researching and we came across this platform called Global Social Leaders, the GSL which very greatly aided us towards the beginning of our undertaking, as well as provided us with the perfect platform for a wide outreach uh, and communal outreach, in Sing- not only in Singapore, uh, as well as India. So uh, also with this, I would like to say the invariable guidance and support from Melissa Ma'am, the teachers at GIS, the technology in the smart campus, of course, and my peers and their parents, we were able to overcome such hardships and we started uh, rolling forward. Wow, no, as, as students of GS, we definitely are uh, a lucky bunch. So what was the initial response that you got? What is the reaction of the people? Uh, it was actually surreal, I'd say. We were extremely fortunate to receive high levels of support from the beginning. All the teachers, parents, peers, and literally every person who supported us in our endeavor from the beginning made this dream of ours a reality. Also, the smart campus, once again, with the boon of technology, I'd say, truly supported us in all aspects. And with the love of backing, uh, love and backing of everyone, I'm here today. Wow. So, you know, throughout this long journey, what, what has been your best experience, you know? What has been the thing that satisfied you the most? All of it was amazing. But if I was to choose a single moment, it would probably be the first smile I saw on a foreign migrant worker's face when he received food. And that was truly a heart-saturating moment. And that was, that was the time I actually realized that what I had been planning a few weeks ago, a few months ago, was actually in motion. And I would be able to make a positive difference in someone's life. So I, I still believe that that smile is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. And it may have been one small step which I took, a small step for Singapore or like all of us, but it was truly a great leap for humanity. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So what's your advice to, you know, all the students listening to this podcast? Uh, To you all, I'd like to say that you must believe in yourself. And at the end of the day, we rise by lifting others up, whether there be COVID or not. You should always remember to give back to society and uh, work towards the betterment of society. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jaydev. It's so inspiring to hear about, you know, just students working towards such a large global issue. 
you know, it really shows that success is nothing but the collective sum of just small efforts like these. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege having you here. Thanks a lot. It was a privilege to be with you. Up next, we have Gauri Swaroop. Gauri, realizing the threat posed to the migrant workers during the pandemic, decided to take the step forward and organize a virtual fundraising for migrant workers. This would deal with raising money for food and hygiene projects for them. She, along with the GIS Interact Club, collaborated with the school band and virtually performed a few of the latest songs and raised not only donations, but the community spirit as well. So welcome, Gauri. How are you today? Hi, Lakshita. I'm doing great. How are you? Um, good. Tell us about how you came up with such an innovative idea and what were your inspirations and motivations behind the scene? So, yeah, uh, keeping in mind that the foundation of Rotary Club and Intra Club is service above self, we wanted to create or organize an event which was based entirely on that and have a different perspective on what we are as uh, as a club. As we've been consistently hosting events every month, we were just having uh, our usual brainstorming session on what else can we do? What more can we do? And so we just stumbled upon the idea that, oh, maybe we can have a virtual fundraiser where we could, also, while we're uh, bringing the community together, we can also raise funds for a cause that which is very dear to us. And what motivated us is that Considering how that it was during May and it was around our uh, holiday period, we felt that it was a great time for us to do something big. And maybe it was even our last event to organize together. So we wanted to end strongly. And this was the best idea we we felt to host as a club. That's nice. Service above self, is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's good. So what were the different obstacles and challenges that you guys had to face together and how did you get through them? So we prepared probably for about a month. And throughout this time period, we faced various obstacles without doubt, from planning our project to editing to even execution in the end with coordinating this with the school. We faced many communication challenges as we were coordinating yeah, as we were coordinating with the GIS band, with the school management, and even the Hope Initiative Alliance organization. So keeping these three external sources in mind, we had different difficulties as we were also coordinating with one of our members who was in India. So we had to keep in mind of time zone as well. True. Did the pandemic affect coordination as well because we couldn't meet each other and there was only virtual talking. Yeah, definitely. Because we couldn't meet physically. We only communicated through WhatsApp and email. So it really restricted our ability to communicate effectively. And so many miscommunication, a lot of miscommunication occurred and we were bound to face difficulties along the way. However, with the help of our teachers and teamwork, we were able to overcome this as uh, a club together. That's nice to hear. And how was the initial response to your idea? Like what was the first thing that people had to say about it? So when we first uploaded on the school YouTube account, we received an overwhelming response as we had 
posted it on our Instagram account and on our various WhatsApp class groups. And many teachers and students as well came and congratulated each and every one of us who were a part of the project. So we were very appreciative of the response and even the donations that that came in were so they, they were very generous that we were very enthralled by the entire response and we couldn't be happier by the outcome that we received. That's true. I attended the, the band playing and it was so much fun to watch. It was so smoothly conducted and it was really nice. The song selection was good. So fun fact, actually, we had connect, conducted a poll on our Instagram account, which let the our followers actually choose the songs that we were going to play. So it was all based off of our followers and what they wanted rather than the band members themselves choosing. So that just made it more interactive. True. I think I might have skipped through those dirties. <laughs> what was the most exciting part about organizing such of an event? And what would you think that you'd look forward to if it happens again? So the most exciting part is definitely working with the entire team and also working with GIS band. And since these are our classmates, it was such a uh, exciting experience because we get to work with we get to work with our friends with. Uh, school projects, and even assignments on uh, a daily basis. But when it comes to organizing such a large-scale event, which takes an entire month of preparation, I believe it's just a completely, entirely different experience because we're working with completely different uh, logistics and a lot of time is invested into it. So it's a lot of commitment and working with people who you see on a daily basis is just something else because through this we learned a lot about ourselves and also about each other and so learning from each other and going from each other going with each other was a very valuable experience for me personally and just as a team I feel that it was a great memory as well because we were a club for an entire year and ending off strongly was the best thing that could happen for us, to be honest. That's true. I mean, friends do push you forward to get the best. So what do you think the future would hold for you and the event as a whole? Yeah, so considering how this was the first ever edition of the virtual fundraiser in our school, I feel that I really hope that the next batch of the club, I feel that they should really uh, push themselves to also be innovative, not necessarily just as a virtual fundraiser, but in any way they deem best to their capability. Because it's not just about doing a fundraiser for um, year for year after year, but just about uh, raising awareness that we really are contributing to society and just just to place emphasis that, you know, service above self. And as opposed to merely uh, school and attending classes and the same mundane daily routine, we should think of more than just we have to come to school to educate ourselves and more about what we play in society, what is our role. And as of uh, the fundraiser, it really serves an opportunity uh, as an opportunity to realize this. That's so nice to hear. And what advice would you give to the students who are listening to this episode right now? 
So an advice that I would give is that try to think big and try to pursue what you dream. As through this experience, I realized that there may be many times where we doubt ourselves and we will strongly believe that, oh, it's a COVID-19 pandemic and there are so many restrictions. How are we going to pursue our projects? We have no, we don't have the capability and the resources to do so. But that's uh, entirely untrue as the teachers at our school are always willing to help out. And considering how we're a rapidly advanced economy and we have so many resources online, we can really take things online and make the best of everything we have at our school as uh, you never know what uh, can come from our ideas and really just turn your passion into action. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing with us the working behind this wonderful idea. It is such a pleasure when leaders like you prove that we as students care so much more about than our immediate surroundings and we can bring about an essential difference. Thank you so much for sharing such inspiring thoughts. Thank you, Lakshita. Up next, we have Raman. During the pandemic, there were a lot of put with a standstill at school. Raman understood the boredom everyone was feeling at home and took an initiative to launch, along with his partner, Arushi, and the Quiz Club, the maiden edition of the GIIS Quiz e-quiz series. There were five episodes, with each episode including different themes and targeting different clubs. What started off with a mere 150 attendees for the, from the Smart Campus grew to an acknowledgement by GIS Campus internationally. This led to Spell Online grow to a two-hour event with more than 1,500 attendees. So welcome, Raman. How are you today? I'm really nice. How are you, Lakshita? I'm good. So tell us about how you came up with such a fresh idea and what was the inspiration and motivation behind the scenes? I guess the main, the main reason or the main motivation was that our team and me, we saw the gap. We saw the gap that, you know, everyone's getting bored. It's lockdown time school activities suspended. They don't get to see their friends each other uh, as much. So uh, I think that's that's the main thing. We identified the gap and that's what enabled us to come up with the innovative idea of holding a quiz series online. A quiz series where which can be organized from our homes and people can participate in teams from their individual homes and which can be viewed by others through their homes again. True. So where did you get the inspiration to get this from? Was there a specific show that you had to watch for this? Okay, so there's the German football league, Bundesliga. So, you know, even they were suspended and Bundesliga is known to have these innovative uh, innovative ideas and stuff. So what they did was they did a online FIFA competition between the club representatives. So I think that could have been an inspiration for me. So, yeah. Can't say I know about them, but now I do. So, and um, what were the difference? different obstacles that you had to face considering those lockdown where you having problems with coordination or getting to know more people? Okay, at the start of the lockdown, I honestly felt that I don't have to use uh, Zoom again and again. So I didn't you know, bother learning it. But as it progressed, we, we eventually had to and that's what... And then I used that learning in the Equus series as well. The main obstacles were that, you know, we conducted five quizzes in the Equus series, then the final spell online thing. So during the five quizzes, in each, like starting from the first to the fifth, we learned a lot. In each of them, there was one or two mistakes. One or thing, one or, uh, one of the things went right. One of the things didn't go right. So building onto the spell online 
contest, which was held globally, we perfected the whole formula of you know holding e-quizzes online. So anything that went wrong in the first five, we checked on it and improved on it so that the same mistake is not repeated. So that was one part that you know, uh, as in when obstacles came, we perfected it for the next round. That's such an effective way to grow. I mean, I don't do that. <laughs> and how surprised were you with the overwhelming response for Spell Online? Uh, honestly, we were we weren't expecting like you know one thousand five hundred, but <laughs> it was. I think it was because obviously eight campuses around the world, plus plus such a such a catchy thing, right? Spell be online. Okay, let's see how it's gonna fare, and. And previously, you know, Spell Online and even the Q quiz, which is going to be held, were held physically. So the teams would have to come to Singapore to Smart Campus. And that this would not enable the audience in the other campuses to view the contest. So what this online thing has rather done, I would say, is increase connectivity as well. This lockdown period might not be seen as, you know, this is just to hinder our social interaction. This might be a way for us to discover new mediums through which we can socially interact and connect even better as was seen in the GIS uh, Spell Online contest. True, true. But how was the initial response to the initiative? What did people have first to say about it when you told them? First, they were like surprised and like full of questions. <laughs> e-quiz online, how's that going to be? And uh, so in the five e-quiz series, we had a very good category known as the memes category. So, you know, everyone signed up for that and they were like, okay, how's, how's that going to be? How's that going to be? So I would say the initial response was very uh, inquiring that, okay, how are you going to do it? And when we did it, they were surprised and they were like, they commended us. So I guess that was the whole process. That's nice to hear. But and what was the most exciting part for you uh, organizing such a big event? Just the quirk of it, like it running as a TV show made me feel like, you know, a producer of some sort. Like that's that's just uh, a childish part, but I would say yeah, that was the most fun thing. That when even the audience answered and we were like fun power ups and stuff. So I would say the whole quiz club, in fact, and the e quiz series was based on the simple perspective of fun, like you know, not not big things, just just simple fun between friends, and that's what we delivered as a club, and that was the most exciting part for me. It's true. I did go through the whole equus episodes and the main one was the best. I didn't know half of them. But, <laughs> but what do you think the future would hold for you and the club and the idea? I, I feel that you know as, as we progress and as the situation gets tougher or easier, obviously online and digital and just uh, not, not only online and digital, new mediums are going to emerge. And we as the student community and leaders of next generation have to embrace them. And same, I hope, uh, and I hope the same for Quiz Club that the next Quiz Club batch will, you know, carry on the same. Maybe hold a GIS Quiz series globally. And uh, apart from that, to general GIS students, like to all the GIS students, I would just say that finding the perfect idea and execution, there's just two parts to it. One is balance. That you know, you should never rush to execute an idea, or you should never be too early to to refute an idea. Okay, that is one thing required. You have to do your research and work up to the perfect execution. And then the second thing I would say is discipline. So you have to stay disciplined and consistent with the idea and eventually it'll pass. So balance and discipline, the two methods to success of any idea or any crazy thing you've you've thought of. I don't think I echo with either of them. (laughs) Any particular advice you would give to the students who are hesitant to speak up with their ideas at start? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of advice that can be given on this, but the brief one would be that 
you know, now is the perfect time to fail. And why I say the perfect time to fail is that even if you fail right now, you're not going to remember this five years on. But if you succeed or if you even fail, whatever happens, if you go through with it, if you speak up, you know what were the challenges or what were the shortcomings in that and you will eventually learn. So right now, you shouldn't uh, feel you know too much about failing or successing. But the most important step would be to speak up and introduce your idea. Introduce your thinking, work on your thinking, get guidance from teachers about your ideas and make it perfect. Because now it doesn't matter again if you fail or uh, or, uh, are successful. What matters is you learn in the process and learn in the school community. Okay, wow, that was really inspiring. Thank you so much, Roman. It is great to hear that despite a global pandemic, students like you are unstoppable from achieving so much. Just tell us how much one can do if we only set our minds to it. Thank you so much for this episode with me. Have a nice day, Lakshita. Now, next up, we have Thangatharan Murgu. Tarun, alarmed at the rise of cybersecurity threats, decided to start a series of webinars to educate students like you and me on how to stay safe on the internet, along with exploring the vast and certainly rewarding field of cybersecurity. Welcome to the show, Tarun. Thanks, I'm really excited to be here. So, uh, you know, actually, I was there for uh, one of your webinars. I must say it was, it was amazing. So what can you tell our listeners about what you're doing right now? So the session we conducted is about cybersecurity awareness for students, right? So I did this with my friend Vedanath. So, and you mentioned about staying safe on the internet, right? But really cybersecurity is about staying safe online and offline. Together with my friend, we covered the basics of cybersecurity, some of the common pitfalls of cybersecurity and how we can improve the awareness and ensure that we are not one of the victims of cybercrime. So we taught them on the basics, right? What, how to identify an attack, how to mitigate one of the attacks, and how to spread awareness. And I'd also like to mention, you know, 65,000 years ago, uh, humans fought with swords, and then they migrated to cannons, bows and arrows, you know, and then nuclear missiles. And right now, if you want to take out a country, it's to take out the entire economy. And one major way to do that, you just take out... cybersecurity threats. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. You just take out the country's cybersecurity exactly. network. Right, right, right. Done. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, we're really seeing examples simple. of this every day, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, what, what, what motivated you to educate people about cybersecurity? You know, any particular event, like, you know, lost your password or something? Uh, so, cybersecurity is like a domain of my interest, right? I follow various blogs, news related, related to cybercrimes across the globe, right? And, you know, especially during this COVID lockdown season, right? Cyber issues are in the race, right? And in exactly the same time, GIS students also went to full online classes. And that triggered me about the potential risk, right from the primary to the senior students, right? Going, going, yeah, exactly, right? Going full online classes in full swing. And I thought that this was a very timely requirement. So I initiated this session. And cybersecurity is important, whether your school is techie or not. Singapore initiating the Smart Nation project, you know, I thought that this really was important. So me and Vedanath approached the school management team, talked to them, and they had the same opinion as us. Like students really need to know about cybersecurity, its downfalls, and how to actually stand against those threats that is only going to become dangerous day by day. So, you know, what were the initial challenges you faced when you started these series of webinars? 
in such sessions, one of the biggest challenges that you face is content selection, right? That is relevant to the audience. That is key, the vast right? Field. Exactly. I had to ensure right messages to be cascaded onto the students, right? And at the same time, I don't really want to overload them with technical information. I don't want them to be baffled. Like, what is that, right? So my duty is really to keep them engaged, all of my participants, right from the beginning to the finish. And also at the same time, answering to their questions. Like me and my friend, like we had to do a lot of brainstorming sessions like throughout the weekend and just also consult with the teachers to make it concise and resourceful too. Yeah, so I think that was one of the biggest challenges. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, you know, what was the initial uh, reaction of the students? How was the turnout? Oh, it was just overwhelming. Like we were flabbergasted, right? Yeah, like we had more than a hundred registrations in the okay, first wow. day itself. Yeah. yeah, and that just shows the interest of everyone, right? So, mm-hmm. and it's very important because twenty by twenty twenty one, there'll be two point one million jobs unfilled, and you know, and this is this is going to increase to twenty eight million by twenty fifty. I, I think that was a really good response. But unfortunately, you know, due to technical limitation, we actually had to limit the first session to around 100 people. Yeah, so that was uh, that was a challenge that we faced too. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, what, what was your, your best experience or your best moment throughout, you know, organizing these webinars? Yeah, like during the session, we actually conducted some polls and Q&A sessions. It was really interactive, you know, so right. I also I have added, yeah. I added a few video clips to make it interesting. And, you know, the level of Q&A was actually very detailed. So, you know, I'm sure it's beyond, it was beyond our expectations, to be frank. And there were a few tough questions asked by our students. Like, not tough, say. Like, we had to explain that to them in a way that they would actually understand and remember, right? So we asked everyone for content, like, what do you think of that? What do you think of this? And, you know, in fact, one of the parents actually asked us for another session as they couldn't join that day. So, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm really happy to see parents interested in this as well. Yeah. No, that that's great. That's great. So, you know, what are, what are your plans for the future? Are we going to see any more of these webinars going ahead? Uh, yeah. So, as I said, there are requests for repeat sessions, right? So, and we are planning for that. And beyond that, we also like to cover more on possible cybersecurity learning paths for the students, right? You know, some online basic sessions followed by even some certifications. We have a lot of certifications out there, you know, and we wanted to make all our GIS students become ethical cyber citizens. You know, so me and my friend Vedanath also plan on making a cybersecurity blog. So yeah, we don't have the exact timeline yet, but yeah, <laughs> that's definitely in one of our to-do lists. To-do list. that's, yeah. that's wonderful. So, you know, what, what advice would you give to all the students listening to this podcast? Uh, yeah, so the must takeaway from any learning, right, is action. We should start practicing the best practices and keep a watch on the latest trends. That will help us focus on our core studies and free from cyber threats. So some of the resources are Burp Suite Academy, EcoCTF, and my friend really loves Sacrebox. So these are some of the resources you could explore and increase your knowledge in cybersecurity space. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. No, thank you. Thank you so much, Tarun. It's Thanks. really great to see students GIS using the technology and the skills they possess to educate others. With that, we have come to the end of our episode. We hope these stories inspired you to rise up and take action just like our guests today. Thank you for listening and have a great day.
You've been listening to the School of the Future podcast by GIIS. To learn more about GIIS, our community, and our latest thinking, visit us at www.globalindianschool.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.